Welcome into another episode of Negative War, Positive Vibes. CJ Nikowski and Ryan Spielborgs and a couple of stories that we want to get to here on a Monday morning, September 11th. 2023 most teams got about 20 or 21 games to go and we are now in that final stretch but a couple of side stories here that really kind of caught our attention and perhaps none bigger here as the seemed like the entire baseball world had an opinion on George Kirby and a very curious kind of decision that he made uh, to talk to the media after a game that went south for his team the Seattle Mariners and the uh, in, in Tampa against the Tampa Bay Rays in a game that he was pitching and ended up pitching. Well, it started out where he was six innings deep and had 90 pitches, went back out for a seventh inning, uh, got himself into a uh, little bit of trouble. They end up losing uh, the game and the comments afterwards, Billy. Uh, well, they were kind of disastrous, uh, quite honestly, and um, feeling like he stayed in the game too long, felt like 90 pitches uh, were probably enough. And uh, he thought that it would be a good idea uh, to tell the media that he was going to talk to a skipper about it. Uh, Everything about this was wrong, and he got absolutely piled on by uh, the baseball world. All of the bitter veterans uh, that are on social media, ex-MLB players, uh, jumping on George Kirby and what was an ill-advised set of words after his team lost and kind of pointing and shining the light on him and making it about him uh, and not the team's Billy. This was a bad one. Okay, so I'm mixed on this one. Uh, I'm going to preface it on that way. Like, There's some parts of me that agree with George Kirby. Uh, There's also parts of me that understand why, you know, all-stars coming out of the woodwork would would have the opinion that they have. Uh, Here's here's what George Kirby said. I wish I wasn't out there for the seventh, to be honest. I was at 90 pitches. I didn't think I needed to go anymore, but it is what it is. There will be a conversation soon. Everybody in baseball, especially if you're a pitcher, you know, back in the day, you know, give me the ball. I'm going to, you know, like pride for my cold, dead hands is, is kind of like the old, old school philosophy. And I, and I appreciate that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of examples of guys that, you know, gamers, Dave Stewart, Dallas Braden. Uh, let's see, who are the guys that, that, Went out. I mean, Kevin Brown uh, back in the day, like you had Randy Johnson, the guys that were going to go deep in games, the guys that were kind of the grizzled old veterans that wanted nothing to do with coming out of the game. Uh, probably no shortage necessarily uh, of that group. And in a time where now things have changed dramatically too, right? In the way we develop pitchers, which has become uh, part of the story. But yeah, a lot of guys, I think it was, uh, did I see, I can't remember now if it was, uh, uh, I got the Houston, names. Houston, yeah, Houston Street. Got in there, Jared Weaver. Yeah, got in there. Yeah, Brandon uh, a McCarthy. Lot of guys. Yeah, it was a great yeah, opportunity. Mark Mulder. Yeah, I mean, it was open season on on uh, on George Kirby. Let me take the other side of it. Yeah. Um, just because okay. I've experienced playing hurt and it it cost me everything. Um, I think there's there's this kind of, you know, in the in the case of these players, these guys all made a poop ton of money. Um, you know, they were going to make a lot of money. I don't know if George Kirby's going to make a lot of money. I, I assume he's going to. This year, he's already pitched a career high in innings pitch. He's at 165 innings pitched. Uh, last year, he threw 130. He really doesn't have many innings under his belt. Didn't pitch after 2019. I believe he was going through Tommy John. Um, so this guy throws hard. You know, he was on uh, on the WBC team as well, uh, pitching for Team Canada. So he's logged in a lot of a lot of innings. So my point is, is like a, a player knowing he's at the end of the line, there's nothing wrong in being able to communicate that. 
I'm at 90 pitches. I pitched. I'm worn out. I'm tired. Like, what? Like, do we not have anybody else? Because here's the, the reality of it is in sports, you are, and it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, competing for your teammate or for your, for your organization or for yourself, but guys know when they've hit the wall, I go running. I know when I've hit the wall uh, in, in 2011, I tried playing hurt. And as a, as a, as a result, I had multiple teammates that played that tried to play hurt. Didn't right. Like, so Dexter Fowler got sent to the minor leagues. Carlos Gonzalez got hurt. Charlie Blackman's first week in the big leagues got hurt. And so I'm dealing with plantar fasciitis up for my third year of arbitration. Third year of arbitration for me, I'm a fourth outfielder, mm-hmm. is a big, big deal. Yeah. Like that means that's millions of dollars for me, or at least a million dollars for me. And in a in a in a career where I'm not gonna make 20, 30, 40, 50 million bucks, I might make five in my whole career. And so I ended up playing this year hurt. And part of the reason why was number one you have a culture of, you know, like playing for, for the team, you know, like there's just like this, if you can play, you can play. Well, dealing with plantar fasciitis is, is simply a pain threshold. Mm -hmm. You want to tell a player that like the, you know, your, your decision to play is a pain threshold. You think your teammates will buy that? No, they're like, dude, you're such a, you're such a chicken. Like get Mm -hmm. out there and play. You're soft. I was like, okay, well, I can't walk to the bathroom and I had to go potty, whatever. <laughs> so, so you have a culture where it's asking athletes if you're not hurt to compete. Mm-hmm. And if you're tired, push through it. And we know because we have science and we have data, uh, especially when it comes to pitchers, that uh, poor mechanics occur when you're tired. Sure. Poor mechanics lead to injury. Uh, so fatigue and poor mechanics lead to a greater amount of injury. Mm-hmm. So in the case of George Kirby, if he knows I'm losing my mechanics, I'm tired of my 90 pitches, uh, which runs the risk of him getting injured for what to tell your teammates, I, I could go an extra inning or two knowing that I'm already tired. And if he gets hurt, the worst case scenario is he gets hurt. Second, Tommy John, where, where's Mark Mulder? Where's mm-hmm. Houston street? Where are all these guys to help him out? no. They're just going to talk trash. Yeah. And so what ended up happening to me, CJ, is I played hurt. It was the worst season of my life by far. Playing hurt. I hit 210. I got non-tendered by an organization that was asking me to play because they needed me to help win. Mm-hmm. Where were all those guys when I got non-tendered that said, hey, Spilly, you know, I'll, I'll pick you up. Hey, you should, probably shouldn't have played. Well, I'm telling you, if you're hurt, and you can't perform at a certain level, don't play. Don't run the risk because nobody is going to pick you up. Nobody is. Yeah. And that's the part where on the other side of it, I understand George Kirby's stance. If he's worried about risk of injury, if he's worried about performance, if he's worried that he's just not as good because I'm I'm at the end of my line, mm-hmm. there is nothing wrong with that. There is yeah. nothing wrong. Now, if he's scared, that's another thing. He so wasn't scared. Yeah. So a couple things. One, uh, it wasn't Tommy John surgery. He didn't pitch in 2020 just because of COVID. Um, but still, it doesn't matter. You're always thinking about uh, yourself, and and you should be. Uh, but the problem is the timing of this. And you can think that, but to say it after you give it up is never a good thing, right? That's the problem. And he hadn't won a game in a while, right? George Kirby, we know, is a really good pitcher, but he'd been on his version of a bad run. His last four starts now, including uh, that one, 
Um, he has given up what we're doing here. Uh, 12, 15 runs over his last uh, four starts. There's no wins in there. And he had the previous start prior to that run. He threw nine shutout and got a no decision. Again, they lost one nothing uh, to the uh, Seattle Mariners. And so he hadn't won, excuse me, to the Baltimore Orioles. He hadn't won a game in his last uh, five starts after that one. Now the pitch counts were all in line. And it's kind of interesting. It went 103-73, 173 again. And then back to 102 uh, yesterday. There's no doubt that the the point that they're at, it would make sense that you probably need to be taking care of yourself. The thing about it is understanding and learning the language with your manager, right? And they don't ask you how you feel before you go back out for the seventh inning or after you came in after the sixth. Um, then you probably need to at least initiate a conversation with your pitching coach. And he's been around long enough. I understand he's young, but we are talking about a good amount of starts now for him. Fifty-two of those in the big leagues, right? Like he's he's logged quite a few. Um, starts here, and it's okay to go to your pitching coach and be like, man, I'm feeling a little fatigued. Just keep an eye on me. If you want to go that language, if that works with your um, coaching staff, but it's after you give it up and then say, oh, I shouldn't have been out there. It's not a great look. And here's the other part, and I'm with you. Like, you need to take care of yourself when you want to be careful playing through pain. You got to know your bullpen. You got to know what's going on with your bullpen. Munoz and um, Bradish, or uh, not Bradish, um, Brash, right? Um, both through Three days in a row, both of them leading into that game. Both of those guys just threw three days in a row. So they're out there giving it everything they have, uh, the top two guys in your bullpen, to try to nail things down and hopefully get yourself a postseason spot. Uh, and then to have one of your guys be like, I, I probably shouldn't have gone back out for the seventh. That's you know a time where you'd like to see a guy grab the bull by the horns and give you a little extra, especially because he got to a pitch count where he's been all year and he was coming off a start rolling through 73 um, pitches. You got to be aware of that. I had an incident when I first was coming through the minor leagues and it was like my second triple a start and I threw seven shutout innings and the manager was like, how you feel? I said, that's probably, you know, I think that's about it. And I had a reliever come over me, a guy by the name of Scott service, not service, not Scott service, the manager, another Scott service, longtime right-handed pitcher. And he goes, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what? He goes, that last curveball you threw to finish the seventh inning broke like four feet. You're not tired. I understand you're happy that you got your seven shutout. Do you know what's going on in the bullpen? Like our bullpen is worn out right now. Right now, again, it's a different time to think that a reliever was getting on me for essentially sure. saying seven innings was enough, but it at least made me aware. And he, and he had a fair point. I was probably maybe protecting myself a little bit. Seven shutout, my second AAA start. You know, I was young. I was only, what, 22 years old um, at that time. It was my first full year in baseball. And I learned from that. And I also learned, I told that story about Sparky Anderson. I, I was pitching a game in Cleveland one time. Through five innings, I think I allowed like two hits, maybe one earned run, and came out. He goes, hey, how you feeling? I said, oh, I'm good, Skip. I said, I got at least one or two more. And he looked at me, he goes, one or two more? You're done. And he took me out of the game. And he took me out of the game because I, le I left it open to interpretation of what I thought I had left. Instead of just saying, I'm good. Right? And so that's the things that you learn along the way in the language and the way that you say things, being aware of your bullpen, all those things are important. George Kirby, I I'm guessing, was probably unaware of the fact that their top two bullpen arms just pitched three days in a row and gave it everything they had. Both of them did, which is just wild, right? And so that start that part becomes important. Now he's backtracked a little bit, um, and and I you know and I can appreciate that he realized that he shouldn't have said the things uh, that he said. But you know the door has been opened and everybody piled on. The other angle for me, and I don't even know if I should say this, but I'm going to anyway, is that I saw a lot of protection from the media. And it was, oh, you don't want a guy to be honest. We ask guys to be honest and, you know, guys got to take all those kinds of things. No, I, I don't want guys to be honest. In, those, in that situation, if you're like, you know what? I didn't feel great. I was tired. I wasn't ready to kind of go to that extra place where I didn't have much left in the tank. 
no, you know, I would say don't share that information. That is not a time um, to be honest. You know what happened. You learn from that. But don't say it publicly. You don't need to share those things. I think that's probably the bigger lesson here. Yes, take care of yourself. This kid's got a bright future. He's really good. He's had a nice climb uh, from, you know, for a guy coming out of a, a smaller school in Elon and becoming a first round pick. And, you know, it's a, it's a really good story. Uh, he'll, he'll learn from it. He's just going to have to take some crap and he'll lose some respect from players that have been there and done that. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, Spilly. Who really cares, right? Like if he goes okay. out there and has this big kind of you know gutty performance somewhere down the line and realizing he learned from that, um, then I think uh, it's okay. Then let me ask you this, because yeah. uh, here's where the hypocrites pop out. Uh, where are the people that are upset with Walker Bueller? Walker yeah. Bueller is coming back for Tommy John, and he says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to focus in on next year. Mm-hmm. It's good enough to pitch, right? He's coming yeah. back for Tommy John. He's... He's doing the rehab. He he went down to to AAA, blowing people's doors off. Mm-hmm. He and he could come into the bullpen, help his teammates, help him win a World Series. He's clearly focused on free agency a year from now. Mm-hmm. Where 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 are the same people? Yeah. Where are the same people that will go and say like, "Hey man, you're a non-competitor. Mm-hmm. You're tired after ninety pitch. At least George Kirby's competing." Yeah. So where where are the Walker Bueller naysayers? Where are you? Yeah. This is the part where I get frustrated because I, I understand our our former major league brethren is very opinionated and I love it. And I think it's important that they vent. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna vent, like hold somebody else to the same accountability that you do certain players. You know, the and and you're right, like George Kirby on Saturday said, mm-hmm. I, I obviously screwed up. That's not me. Skip always gotta pry the ball out of my hands. Yeah. You should not feel guilty about what you said. If you were at the end of the road, you're at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. And so my point is, is, is in this case where, look, if George Kirby is trying to protect his career or he's trying to protect himself, then why, why isn't anybody else saying anything about Walker Bueller? Who's, who's legitimately, he's coming from Tommy John. We know he's healthy now, but he's focusing on next year. Mm-hmm. Like where, where are you? Yeah. No, I think it's probably Why is that any fair. Different? I think it's probably fair, and I would say that um, the, the way the way he could have won people over with that game and, and with the, almost basically the same exact facts could have been well, you know, I was I was running out of gas, but I knew our bullpen had been working really hard. I was trying to give us an extra seventh inning there, and I just unfortunately couldn't pull it off. Boom, same scenario. You get the message out there. I You're was right. fatigued, and it's like oh, then you get all the respect in the world. Right. Instead of saying I shouldn't have been in there saying, you know, I was running out of gas a little bit. Like to me, that's an automatic victory. Then even though you lost the game, as soon as you recognize other people on your team and bullpen had been really digging deep, I was trying to pick them up the best I could. and I couldn't execute. Boom. Done. Way to go. You're a team player. And the team also gets your message. Right. And people understand your message. that Hey, we want to keep an eye on him. Not that they're not, but perhaps he was a little bit fatigued. Um, in that totally spot, but I think I think you bring up a good point though about other veterans and and pitchers that may be more established. But just the way I think that it was done here a little bit that probably um, that makes it stick out in on the negative side for George Kirby. And again, for some people, he's not going to be able to shake it. It'll be interesting to see what kind of reaction he gets. I wonder his next start at home. It's a pretty good fan base. I I think they're a forgiving fan base. I I I didn't read much as far as where Mariners fans were on this thing. I saw more of the ex-players. I saw some of the media pushback. I saw uh, some people even sticking up for uh, kind of going after some of the veteran guys that were that were barking about it on social media. So how do you think the reaction goes sure. in Seattle's next home start? 
I think he's fine. I, I think he's fine. But it, big cheers. But again, it's like, yeah, he gets cheers. I mean, Seattle's Seattle's going to pull for him. But I mean, like CJ, we we know veteran players get a little bit more of a leash than than a younger player. Like Max Scherzer pulls himself out of his start uh, because he's you know six innings does well, and then he gets shelled next start against the Houston Astros. So it's like no. nobody again, nobody's talking trash to, to to Scherzer going like, hey, what the heck? You pulled yourself after six and then you get shelled in the next one. Um, I, I think it's just it's, you know, you, you get a bit of a of a whistle on a certain player um, and then they they all come out and they want to pile on. Um, if you're going to do that and I'm fine with that, like I said, I'm fine with with former players speaking up. But make sure if you're going to speak up, you got to hold all of them accountable. You can't just hold the one that's the low hanging fruit. Yeah, no, I think that. it's fair. I think in the case of Scherzer, and, and you're right, and it's it, there's some similarities there and something he didn't like the way he felt in his forearm. Forearm didn't bother him next start, but he said he never felt it before. And so you're kind of going off things. And, um, I, you know, I think to some degree that, you know, it's a fair comparison. And unfortunately, he struggled in that next one um, against the Houston Astros. But the Rangers finally won a series, taking two out of three uh, from Oakland and start a big one tonight, by the way. Four games in uh, Toronto, and they still have seven games remaining remaining with the uh, Mariners. It should be uh, pretty good down the stretch. All right, one of the good stories so far here, at least, for the New York Yankees in the back half of the season, really last couple of weeks here, is that they made that decision to bring uh, Jason Dominguez up. And Jason Dominguez is off to a really nice start. Four home runs for him in eight games, Billy. Like, he didn't show that kind of power in the minor leagues, right? There was some good power there, but not to this level. He had 15 home runs in 118 games. And you kind of always assume that everything will be a little bit worse than what you're doing in the minor leagues that first time around uh, in the big leagues. Now, batting average and on base were low for him, but because of the home runs, uh, the OPS um, was up. Eight punch outs in his 33 plate appearances um, for uh, Dominguez. Just a couple of walks in there, but he did have the four home runs and a double. Eight, four, 31. That gives you 258 batting average. Like that, you'll take that from a 20-year-old right? Feeling his way through the big leagues for the first time. And then we get the terrible, terrible news uh, that Jason Dominguez is going to have to have Tommy John surgery. This is really wow. concerning to me, Spilly. Like I understand that position players have had it. And we saw, and certainly now uh, with Otani being a two-way player, but what can he do as a hitter when, whenever he gets his elbow situation straightened out? Bryce Harper is one of the bigger stories that we have seen regarding a position player. He came back in five months. And while, so it certainly uh, is concerning for Yankee fans in the sense of what does this mean for opening day? He's going to have a surgery as quickly as possible and hopefully be back, you know, maybe first half sometime in the season. We'll see depending how it goes for him. I'm just more concerned that a 20 year old position player is getting Tommy John surgery, a non catcher. What's going on here with these elbows? I don't know. And, and this one, so a couple things. It's different for you know, like when Bryce Harper had the Tommy John, the brace surgery. We see so the brace surgery we've seen with uh, Trevor Story, uh, Bryce Harper, and they come back in in about nine months, right? Little nine months or less. Mm. Um, the same could happen for Dominguez. We're in September, so was that October, November? So it should be right around April. April May is when he's back. Uh, the difference with Dominguez and Bryce Harper is the DH spot with the Yankees is basically taken. Mm -hmm. You have John Carlos Stanton. So yeah. you're forcing Dominguez to play the outfield. So to me, since he's playing the outfield, you got to get the surgery done like now. So he'll be available by next year. Uh, you can't kind of, you can't do what, what some other players do. You can't like play the season out, 
and then get it done, I think every week counts because every week counts towards <laughs> when he can come back sooner yeah. or a year from now. So I find Yankees look that they're not good this year. They're not going to finish in first place. They're not making the postseason. They're just trying to finish above 500. Uh, they've had multiple games where they've had three hits or less. By the way, how in the world did the Yankees win that game yesterday against the Brewers? I don't even know. Oh, my mean. gosh. <laughs> Ten innings of a no-hitter for the Milwaukee Brewers. I was kind of following along um, a little bit as I was uh, also trying to call get ready for my game and calling my game at the same time. That was wild, man. I mean, absolutely wild. And then both teams score one in the 11th. Both teams score two in the 12th. And then eventually the Yankees walk it off. Uh, in the 13th but man I mean poor uh, Burns and I guess it made sense right once it was 0-0 he had 109 pitches and they were going to um, the ninth inning it was essentially like well you know you're either going to you're not gonna they're gonna go extras right you have no chance of winning and throwing a, a, a no hitter and being credited with a no hitter and so I think that probably made it easier for Craig Council to go to Devin Williams as opposed to if they were winning one nothing and giving them a chance to go for it when, you know, that just makes managers crazy when they're in that spot. So um, that was wild, man. That was a, a wild one. Of course, the uh, the extra runners that you get, but it looked like uh, the Brewers are going to win that game after scoring two in the top of the 12th, and then uh, they come back and give up two. But, yeah, it was something else, man. Ten innings of being no hit, and they still won. That's nonsense. It, it is nonsense. So I don't I don't know how Milwaukee loses that game. I, I don't know how Yankees win that game. But I do know when it comes to Jason Dominguez, um, they're excited about what could happen um, with with this young player. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he's capable of doing. I don't understand uh, why there's so many young position players that are getting Tommy John, especially yeah. if you're an outfielder. Like, that's kind of hard to do. So I don't know what, he, what in the world he was doing if he wasn't properly stretched out or anything like that. So that's that's kind of interesting to see what ends up happening. But for the Yankees this season, uh, and I felt bad. I was watching Aaron Boone react to it. Um, that stinks, you know, for the Martian and the start and the excitement and, you know, doing the ET phone home, you know, he's, it was already, you know, gaining some fanfare in New York and, uh, for it to go away just like that is, is kind of frustrating. So, yeah. um, that stinks, but luckily, I mean, he'll be back by next year. So it's not the end of the world. And I mean, you got to figure Stanton's got, if they could get him back, let's just say they could get him back DHing May 1st then Stanton's got to go to the outfield, right? I mean, and how, what you do this offseason to handle that, they say, hey, he can DH in May and June and he'll be ready to play the outfield in July. Not saying he's going to play every day. Maybe, to, you know, you figure out what matchups you like best. But that means more outfield time for Stanton, no? And if they're going to contend next year, do they not have to then build their roster with the expectation that he may have to play outfield somewhat for the first half of the season? Oh, man. Uh, like, <laughs> dude, Giancarlo Stan in the outfield is not going to cut it. Yeah, I mean that's that's like a negative twenty DRS like out the gate. That's what your analytics guys got to work hard, right? Figuring out you sit there and do all your math, and you say, okay, if he's in left on average over the course of every week, say whatever it is, seven games, that's going to be worth negative two runs. But having him and Dominguez in the lineup is a is a positive three run. Like he's going to sit there and play that game. And obviously it runs a lot deeper than that, but that's what they got to figure out potentially. Uh, but that's some really bad news. You know, these young players, these big time prospects coming up. I got two uh, questions regarding that and then we'll get out of here. Um, but I find it fascinating because we have now seen it's not your standard September, right? You get to add one position player and one hitter. We talked about Jordan Lawler getting called up 10th overall, according to MLB.com. Evan Carter up with the Dolores Garcia 
eighth overall uh, MLB.com. Now we're finding out that Pete Crow Armstrong is coming up 12th overall for the Chicago Cubs. Pretty good numbers between double A and triple A. He is just 21 years old, little salt in the wound for the New York Mets here because he was their original draft pick back in 2020, uh, 19th overall and getting traded uh, to the Cubs. And so now here's a guy again, double A, triple A, pretty good numbers for him, Spilly. Uh, 283 overall, 365 on base, 20 home runs in his 500 uh, plate appearances. Um, strikeout numbers a little bit high. That probably means they're going to be high uh, in, in the big leagues, of course. But the Chicago Cubs are right in this thing, uh, and they are making that decision. We find out early this morning that Pete Crow Armstrong, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN, uh, is going to be activated tomorrow for the Chicago Cubs. And they got a shot at this division right now in the National League Central. Well, it's salt and the wound for the New York Mets. It's salt and the wound for the for the Colorado Rockies. I mean, there was rumors when uh, when Trevor Story did not get traded that that on the table uh, for 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 the Rockies was Pete Crow Armstrong. Pete Crow Armstrong is going to begin his his major league career in Colorado, which could have been a Rocky. Um, yeah. if, if the Rockies took the deal that the, that the Cubs ended up dealing, uh, for Javi Baez. So it was like Javi Baez, Trevor story here. Well, either one will give you Pete Crow Armstrong. Well, Rockies turn that one down apparently. Uh, and we'll see if we'll see what he looks like in the outfield roaming around, uh, today or tomorrow. I also want to point out, we know what today is, right? September 11th. It's crazy yeah. to think that we're, uh, was it 23 years removed from, from that date? It's, it's or 22 years um, it's crazy. I, I still remember exactly where I was. I was in San Diego, La Jolla, uh, waking up early in the morning to those images. And I, I, it's like, it's wild to think my kids are actually learning about it in school right now, um, about the, about what this day means. And it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to, you know, like reflect on how far we've come or, or, or how far, um, what that life feels like for, for so far, so, so long ago. Yeah, really important that it's taught in school that we remember today. I was playing for the New York Mets at the time, and and we were in Pittsburgh, and yeah, just awful. And as a New York guy, and everything that was going through everybody's mind at the time, all the unknown, uh, and most of course we know now, but still some things that are, are questioned out there. Um, it is a really important day, um, just absolutely brutal. The amount of people that we lost, the amount of um, emergency responders that we lost as well. Um, just uh, just a terrible time. And actually, as we're sitting here and I look back, I have my uh, NYPD hat that uh, we had a chance to wear and to try to honor them the best we possibly could as we finished out uh, the major league season. So certainly a great day uh, to reflect. Uh, we all have those memories. It is one of the few times uh, in any of our lives that we have that where you were uh, kind of moment. And we all know where we were. Uh, on September 11th, 22 years ago, uh, and the tragedies that happened in Pennsylvania, New York City, and Washington, D.C. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to Negative War, Positive Vibes. going to be a good week and a final three weeks here of the Major League season. Spilly and I will be with you every step of the way here on the podcast, also on Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, 2 to 5 Eastern Time Series XM, Channel 89. Have a wonderful day, everybody.